here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And welcome to the 13th episode of the Brick Rest Roundtable. I'm lucky for some. Um, and apparently for Arn, as he's unfortunately not able to attend this recording since he's at work and actually has a life, unlike us two. Um, I'm Robin Reed, and I'm joined by Ollie Court. Hey there. Uh, this should be a fairly abbreviated episode. I think I said that for the last one. They ended up going about an hour and a half, so... Who knows, touch wood. Um, but we don't have a huge amount of topics. We're going to be talking the Progress Chapter 20... Oh dear, I always forget these. 27? 27. The Lost Art of Suffering. Um, we're going to be previewing that. Uh, we're going to be talking about Haskins versus Omega that took place at F4W, which we've both had a chance to see recently. Um, we'll also be talking about RevPro's new relationship with Pro Wrestling Eve. And finally, we'll be talking about the first ever, uh, supposedly monumental, first ever event that's going to be taking place in the UK in the upcoming months. Um, one thing we're not going to be talking about is uh, WXW 16 Karat Gold, because I know some of you will still be trying to stay spoiler free of that, so we're going to not mention any results for that. It's not even all out yet, um, just the first night's been released on... Uh, their VOD service so far. When they do all come out, we do have something special planned. Um, probably an extra episode thrown in. Not going to reveal anything yet because it's not finalised and we want to disappoint you. Although, by talking about how something special planned, mm-hmm. I may have done that anyway. But um, yeah, we we won't be won't be spoiling uh, the 16 carat yet. Um, Although I think you've had a chance to to see the first first night, right? Uh, yeah, uh, first night is in the books. Currently writing a review for it for Voices of Wrestling. Uh, yeah, pretty good night overall. Um, we're not going to talk about any of the matches, but yeah, especially Will Osprey Shane Strickland was just fantastic. So hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about that soon. And I've heard that's actually ended up the, probably the worst night of the three. <laughs> so that's that's a great good. Yeah. A great indication of how the general quality of the weekend. Okay, so uh, chapter 27, The Lost Art of Suffering, taking place uh, this Sunday, March 27th, in uh, the Electric Ballroom. 
Uh, it's one of their biggest shows they've ever put on, uh, looking at the card. Uh, it's their fourth anniversary show, so they're really going all out for it. Um, a couple of matches on the undercard to talk about before we get into the real juicy stuff. Um, we start off with the just-announced Wasteman Challenge. It's body guy Roy Johnson's debut in the Electric Ballroom for a chapter show, and he will be facing a mystery opponent. And Progress tend to pull out all the stops when it comes to these mystery opponents. Um, so it really could be anyone. Um, do they feed a real top-level guy to Roy Johnson? Um, or do they um, debut someone? We really don't know. Um, <laughs> so it's difficult to preview this match exactly, but have you see ever Is seen... Is Jimmy Havoc still injured? Yes, I believe he'll be out for quite a while, so... Uh, I don't. Right. I think he's off the table, but that that could have been a a way to an easy way to date re debut him. Yeah, this could this could be a return. chance to re debut someone. It could be a chance to bring in an American star. Uh, possibilities are endless. Um, what do we think of Roy Johnson if we've seen him at all? I'm far more interested in who's going to be his opponent than him. Yeah. I can't recall if I've ever actually seen a match of his, but I've heard he's not very good, or at least not very good yet. Yeah. Uh, I might be mistaken in that, but that, that seems to be the general feel I got from most people. Still very green, but he does have a lot of charisma, so he could certainly go somewhere. And of course he has like great size, so he has, he has, he has tools, he has a lot of potential, so it's good to see him get an opportunity like this, which could potentially be really big. I'm going in with my expectations low. Yeah. In in terms of his work anyway, and uh, then I can only be only come out pleased. As for who his opponent can be, if Jimmy Havoc's off the table, um, uh, I guess you could have Demo or um Joe Kofi come in if you want to continue um them coming in and destroying um guys who are lower carders, but. I get the feel that they might be more exclusive to the Northern shows, the, the mm. Manchester shows. Uh, and having just one of them might not fit, because they did they definitely established as a tag team so far. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, Progress does usually deliver with their surprises, so... It's not going to be a dull surprise. Them. It's not going to be a uh, Bram. Oh, <laughs> Probably um, not going to be Bram. <laughs> do we think Johnson's winning here? Because Oof. from the way you introduced it, that's kind of the the feeling I got from you. But I I definitely get the feel that he's just being used as a way to bring someone else. Yeah, in. I I say I I used the phrase like feed him to Johnson, but I meant more like um you <laughs> use have Johnson fed <laughs> use an appearance up versus Roy Johnson rather than like a dream match or anything. Yeah. Um. It's hard to really say anything about it with only knowing one side of it. Also, it's not, not really like a feature match on the card or anything, so... No. no. I wouldn't expect there too is. much, but a nice surprise, maybe. <laughs> There's not a lot riding on this, yeah. so they can afford to... There's not this high expectation, so whatever they do, it's probably not going to be a disaster, even if it turns out badly. Uh, do you want to make a, a firm prediction as to who it's going to be, so we can laugh at each other when it turns out to uh, not be that? Uh, let, let's say Drew Galloway. 
I have, I've got no clue. But <laughs> Galloway would kind of fit. I'll go with Bram. Um, <laughs> uh, hoping for the well, predicting the worst. And <laughs> okay, moving on to the natural progression series semi-final match: uh, Pastor William Eva versus Damian Dunn, um, returning to the ballroom. Um, this seems like a foregone conclusion, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, Eva was always e earmarked for uh, success in this tournament, whereas Dunn um, is kind of filling up the numbers in a way. I thought he had a much better showing against um, Tyler Bate in his repeat sec in his repeat quarterfinal match, but um, I feel like this is Eva's one. You know, I I would agree, but I kind of said the same thing for Tyler Bate. Um, and then look how that turned mm. out. Even the way the match was structured in that Tyler Bates, um, Damien Dunn match all the way through felt like a, a showcase for, for Tyler Bates. And then, oh, Dunn's won and advanced. Um, but, but yeah, this one, Dunn, sh in, like, had things gone to plan, Dunn wouldn't be in this match. Um, he, he was eliminated in the first round when there was the, the issue with the geezers. So, yeah, I think Eva's winning here. I'm looking forward to the match. Um, Damien Dunn is... I think he's... Carryable is probably harsh to him. Um, <laughs> he's... He's a guy you can work with and have a good match. He's not necessarily going to drag a great match out of you at this point in his career, because he is still very young. Um, but he's a guy who can definitely be worked with well. Uh, I, I can see Eva having... I can see uh, Eva meshing well with him, really. Yeah, I think I like I say, Dunn was a lot better with Bate, who's better in the ring than he is against Sebastian. So I guess he's a guy who works to the level of his competition. Like he's had, I've seen him in plenty of good matches against other uh, strong opponents. So it's not like he's a weak link or anything. But maybe he just he can't carry um, a guy like Sebastian, who's still pretty green and more me entertainment side of things than the work rate side. So um, maybe it, this could certainly be a chance for Eva to show a bit more. I've, I've been chomping a bit for him to get a longer match, which is why I think he will be going into the final, so he does get that sort of semi-main event style matchup in the final, where he will finally be able to like um, get that um, big ticket match, which shows just how good he is, because previously he's been in seven, eight minute sprints, where he's Shown flashes, um, but never like put together a really good match. So I don't know. This this could um, it'll probably be another MPS match. You know, one of the two two and a half star special. Nothing that will blow you away, but both guys showing what they can do, setting Eva up for his bigger match down the line. That's what I see. Um, since there there are. What, only six matches on this show? Oh no, there's seven. Nope, six. I can't count. Uh, since there are only six matches on this show, perhaps this gets a bit longer. But then again, you do have the TLC match, which you've got to assume is going pretty long. Uh, then the tag title match as well, that's probably going pretty long. And then the Thunder Bastard match itself, that's got to go, you know, minimum probably half an hour, I guess. So maybe not, maybe not. Um, but yeah, it, it's... It's not the the meat of this card, but it's a nice supplementary match that could be good. Could, definitely mm. could be good. Uh, moving on to um, one that should appeal to a lot of people, uh, Jack Gallagher versus Johnny Kidd. 
it's a shame we don't have Arn here to extol the virtues of Johnny Kidd. Um, because I don't know how how up are you on uh, World of Sport? Um, probably not as much as I should be as a British yeah. wrestling fan. <laughs> uh, but I've, I've seen I've seen bits of Johnny Kidd. I've mm-hmm. probably seen twenty matches of his in my life, which is you know uh, good enough to get a taste. And some of them are more recent ones. Um, not too long ago, he was doing his stints in Chikara, and he was very good there. Um, and Jack Gallagher's a guy I could definitely see him working well with. This is on his retirement tour, um, which is supposedly supposed to be ending, um, I think it's next year against Quackenbush, uh, in, on Chikara's next UK tour, or that could be this year, I may have my dates one way around. I think it's later this year, I think, actually. Um, at the age of 60, he could he could definitely still go um, in his style. I'm not expecting anything phenomenal out of this, um, but a similar sort of level match and exhibition as we saw with Hulk Banner and Doug Williams not too long yeah. ago. Um, uh, and it, it's always nice to have some variety on the card like that, and definitely. that's exactly what this is going to fill in. And there'll be a lot of like big... Johnny Kid fans in the ballroom. Um, I know I always rag on um, the Progress crowd for being like um, nouveau wrestling fans who never watched anything from before 2012. Like a grump, like I'm a grumpy old man. Um, but uh, there's still plenty of like educated fans who like watched a hell of a lot more uh, World of Sport than me. So like, <laughs> um, I can't really rag on anyone for this one. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, I also want to go back and see his match against Zack Sabre Jr. Um, from uh, the end of last year, because that uh, sounded pretty tasty. And also Gallagher's like uh, the perfect opponent for him, really. They're trying to build Gallagher up as a uh, grappling master. You know, he uh, tapped out Timothy Thatcher, uh, just like everyone else on his recent UK tour. <laughs> um, and yeah, like you say, variety is important. And when you like look at the next match up on the card here, like you couldn't get two more different matches. So we're gonna move into that. Uh, TLC um, losing team disbands from Progress Wrestling. The London Riots: Rob Lynch and James Davis versus Samarian Death Squad, Tommy End and Michael Dante. We we touched on this a couple of episodes ago about the implications of this match and where what they could be doing with it. Um, sure, <laughs> uh, I guess we should just talk about the match in general, like, the match-up, what we expect to see from it. Yeah, um, this was a match I I generally thought had a good chance of headlining one of the shows, um, headlining a chapter show, for example, because if you look up top in the, the singles championship picture, it is getting a bit thin up there, and they're, they're kind of struggling to, to make sure they have a challenger set for every show, and this could have easily main-evented one. Um, Obviously, that's not happening. It's third from the top, or might end up second. We'll see. Could even end up before intermission. Yeah, I think it'll be the before intermission main event. I think that's what this position does. Yeah, that would actually make more sense since, you know, they're going to have to clear. (laughs) I imagine they're going to have quite a lot to clear up after this. Um, But yeah, they really could have used this as a main event. Um, That's just showing how strong the card is, because it is feasibly the third biggest match on the card. I'm not a huge fan of the stipulation. I don't really want to see either of these teams split up. 
which in a way is kind of the idea of the stipulation to get you emotionally invested. But I, I think it does seem like the the way this is going is towards a Tommy End singles run. Yeah. And I'm not the biggest fan of Tommy End in singles. I really think he's a way better tag wrestler. And no matter who his partner is, you're looking over and evolve. Uh, with his Heroes Must must Die stuff with Chris Hero, way better than any of his singles stuff yeah. over there. And the Euro Trash stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you that uh, he's a better tag wrestler, but he's also a big star on his own, and the Progress crowd love him. So I can see why you would want to move him forward into singles. I can see also why they stuck him in the tag team to keep him away while they built up Will Ospreay so they didn't have to, like, make and lose too many matches. Like, he's very well protected. The Death Squad are over. Um, they've gotten Dante over to a certain extent, so they can use him as well. But I think, like, they want to graduate end up, maybe have him win the Strong Style Tournament. Um, but <laughs> they could be throwing us a curveball. You never know. Yeah, Dante as well really isn't a guy who excels in singles. Yeah. Um, and I love him as part of the Death Squad. So it's going to be be a shame to see him split up. Um, I think this is one of the cases where the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. I think I said that right. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you all know what I mean. Um, as far as Lynch or Davis in singles, again, they're better as a tag team than they are separate. Um, and I, I think the the singles matches that we have building up to this uh, this TLC match really showed that the singles work matches weren't anything to write home about, really. Um, so to see either of these teams split into singles, not really a big fan of that. As for the match itself, it should be amazing. Um, TLC matches, they can get a bit climb a ladder, pull off ladder, climb a ladder, pull off ladder, repeat, repeat, repeat. Mm. But I really think these, these guys have have it in them to pull off a tremendous match. Um, I always find tag matches work better um, for ladder matches Definitely. than one on ones because you 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 can sell um, and because in singles ladder matches you hit a big move on a guy, start climbing the ladder, and then the the guy has to get straight back up. Otherwise, it's, the match is <laughs> over straight away. Yeah. Um, tag matches you can get around that. Same as multi mans. Um, these are two teams that are very violent, and I think you're going to see exactly that here. Yeah, really looking forward to it. We haven't been doing the, the 1 to 10 gimmick so far, but this is probably be an 8.5 or maybe even a 9. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm really, really hoping I can score a ticket and see this one live, because I think the live crowd, the live atmosphere for this would just be amazing. Um... Like I'm just envisioning some of the crazy shit that could go down, and yeah, <laughs> uh, it could like be, really be like a landmark uh, match for progress in their history. Um, like, I mean that, that's the ceiling for this match, and the floor is like a crazy spot fest, violent, and yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm high on this match definitely. Do you think um the way they built it justifies the stipulation? I.e. like do you think there's enough bad blood between the teams that have been established. Um, kind of. Um, this. I thought the way the feud started was a bit contrived. 
but from there, I think they built it well. Because um, you had the the, um, the the way the Origin won the titles, that was a very contrived spot yeah. where I think was it was it Davis hits end or something like that, and it it, it all felt yeah. Very there cool. were there were a couple cool. of matches where they were involved with the Origin where. Both times the ending was sort of botched and at the very least very awkward. Um, but once they actually had their match at Chapter Twenty Four, the Manchester debut, um, that was a cra- like a crazy match. Uh, end was just flying knees everywhere and kicking people in the head, and like it generally felt like the Sumerian Death Squad were dangerous and like they took out uh, Rob Lynch, um, who has the whole sympathy angle because of his uh, the shoulder that uh, he injured back last summer. Um, like, they didn't turn heel, per se, but they just showed they had that dangerous side, and then the riots responded with their own, um, like, r- going back to their roots, almost, like, bringing out the baseball bat, or not, the, the cricket bats, I've been watching too much American wrestling, um, and <laughs> generally just get the, at- the vibe that, uh, shit's gonna get fucked up in this match, and I'm not afraid to swear. <laughs> Yeah, they they really upped the intensity, and um, around what, during their first match that ended in a, I think it was a, a DQ, yeah. something like that. They they really up up the intensity there, and from there the, the the there's really been that that sense of intensity, that sense of violence that's really worked, and that I think in storyline the the stipulation is justified, but I that doesn't mean I I like I like where they've gone with it. Mm. Um, they could have done something like um, winner gets the title shot and the loser never gets the challenge for the belts while uh, the Death Squad... Say the Death Squad won, um, the London Riots never get to challenge for the belts as long as the Death Squad will have the titles. That's a bit contrived, they won't yet have the titles. But yeah, they could have done other things, I think, um, rather than splitting the, the teams up. But as for the match itself, yeah, totally looking forward to it. Can't imagine it being anything lower than like a three and a half star match. And yeah, sky's the limit. Awesome. Um, moving up to the two championship matches on this card. Uh, you've got the Origin, Nathan Cruz and Alighieri defending against new team of Zack Sabre Jr. and Tommaso Ciampa, who of course had the match, very strong match, at Chapter 24. Um, they're both back and now they're teaming for reasons. Yeah, um, it's kind of just a showcase match, really. Um, Origin needed a team to face them. Champa was available. Sabre Jr. was available. <laughs> Stick them together and hopefully have a great match. Um, I'm not the biggest Champa fan. Um, Neither am I. I often get the feel that he's he's trying to have this big epic match and it never quite clicks for me. And when you you go in for that epic feel, it, it's almost all or nothing. Um, and also, Zach, I don't think he's the best tag wrestler, um, which sounds kind of weird considering um, all his work he he did with Skull as part of the leaders. But but since then, he he's evolved his style in far more technical uh, to a far more technical style, and I don't think it quite translates that well to tag team wrestling um we'll see i guess but um i i don't have the highest of expectations for this one but 
I can't imagine it being bad, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I agree, Sabre Jr. and Champa aren't, like, two tag guys, really. Um, but like you said, Champa goes for epic. Maybe putting him in a tag scenario would limit him a little bit, make him um, not be so ambitious with his match style, and maybe just, like, work within himself rather than trying to make everything, um, like, a 25-minute main event. Um, also, not being in that first half main event might help him out. Just um, if this is going to go on uh, match five after intermission or whenever it's going to go on, um, like that might help him not always having to be like um, a feature match on the card. I mean, it's still it's still a big match um, considering the people in it. But yeah, just something to consider. I do think we're probably on the low end of looking yeah. forward to this, though. Um, from the from the reactions I've seen since this has been announced, because I think a lot of people are more high on Ligero than I am. Um, I'm not sure if people are higher than, than Cruz than I am. I think he's fine, but nothing special. Good talker. Um, but but I do get the impression that, especially with uh, Sabre Jr. and Champa, we're kind of on the low end of excitement. Mm. I mean, I'm um, just happy to see Sabre Jr., um, yeah. If sure. I, if I'm going live, like it's always awesome to see Sabre Junior. Yeah, I think Cruz and Liguero are doing good work in the Origin, but like I wouldn't say either one are like stand out, like deserve to be international stars or whatever. Yeah. So looking forward to it, but not blown away. But many, many, maybe. Yeah. Um, it, it has a, again. It has a high ceiling. It could be really awesome, but. Uh... Considering like it's not one of the two feature matches, I'm tempering expectations a little bit. Speaking of those feature matches, uh, yeah, um, we have the main event. Yeah, moving to the main event, uh, a nine-man Thunderbusters match um, for the Progress Championship. Marty Skrull um, is defending the title. He will go into the match last, as it's his champion's advantage. The rest of the draw will be random. And we'll feature Will Ospreay, Mark Haskins, Mark Andrews, Rampage Brown, Eddie Dennis, Paul Robinson, Zach Gibson, and Flash Morgan Webster. Um, a lot to break down in this one, like a lot of intertwining stories going in. Um, it's basically all um, the top featured singles guys in progress in one match. Uh, I, there's no real like snubs there in terms of singles wrestlers. Like, all the guys they've been building up for the last half a year are all there. Um, but probably not going to be a title change unless they do something really crazy. Yeah, did they really need to do this match? I get that they <laughs> wanted to really load up the, the big anniversary show, but I think they they do feel the need to put a, a, a singles title match in every show. Yeah. And while that, that kind of was logical when they were running, what, six shows a year, four shows a year, whatever. Um, now that they're running, uh, how many are they running this year? Like, 16 or something? Something like that. Um, now they're running considerably more. I do think they it would benefit them if they they got out of that trend. Because, um, as I said, you could easily have had the TLC yeah. match in the main event. Well, and we, we Marty Skrull in the tag match here. Definitely. We said this. We can go back and play the tape. Um... Like early on in uh, Brit Rest Roundtable, um, that you could very we could very easily see the London Riots versus the Samaritan Death Squad. We did say four of the Tag Team Championship, but 
uh, we said the riots as the death squad could very easily main event a chapter and save a progress championship match. Um, like you say, there's going to be 16, 17 shows um, this year. Uh, obviously, the strong, Super Strong Style Tournament are two of them, but that still leaves you with a lot of championship matches. And when you consider that in New Japan they only have six IWGP heavyweight title matches a year, and to have to have like 15 progress championship matches, it means that it does lose a little bit of uh, luster, but it also means that you have to have a lot of contenders to work through. And once you cycle through the Ospreys and the Haskins, can you really like sell a show on Skull versus Rampage Brown in for, for the title? It's debatable. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it would sell out, yeah. but um, it, it wouldn't feel that big, um, but the ro- for me anyway. So what, basically what we're saying is, like, they're not saving... This could very easily main-evented the next show, rather than have two main-events on this show. No, I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of the title being defended in a gauntlet match anyway. Um, like, the, the Thunder Bastard being for the championship doesn't do a lot for me. Um, uh, and I think this is really an indication of them having blown through all their all their titles, all their title matches already because they they feel the need to have a title match in every show, and then they've got to this one and gone, oh, we don't have anyone established for a singles <laughs> singles championship match. We'll just lob everyone in there, yeah. and it, it it really feels forced to me. Um, it, it's not even like a, a havoc situation where they they've like. They're really trying to get the title off him, the management. Oh, I guess they kind of are, but it doesn't feel built up that this is this makes sense. Yeah, but, uh, like the... I would much rather a scene like um, you could have siphoned three of the guys off um, for a triple threat, um, and the winner gets the title shot on the next show, and then a tag match between say uh, Skrull and Gibson versus Osprey and Haskins. Uh, on the undercard, and then had Andrews versus Dennis versus Robinson uh, versus Webster. I guess it's just kind of a, a stigma there. of Western wrestling in general, is that like tag matches don't mean anything. Like We talked about this on Chapter 24, when it was the six-man between The Origin and um, FSU plus Gallagher. It was like, eh, this is an okay match, but it doesn't really feel important. And But you go to the, you see these um, Japanese shows, where they're doing uh, like big tag matches in like a semi-main event, and it still feels important because it still feels like they're building up to something, and you're seeing the stars collide. They may not be going 100, percent but it still it feels relatively significant and worth watching. Whereas here, it feels like oh, it's just another match. Doesn't mean anything. Anyone could lose. Like the pinfalls in tag matches don't really mean anything. Um. And it's a great way to build new challenges up, which is something they really need. Um, it kills two birds with one stone. It means you don't have to have a championship match on every card, and also the championship matches you do have are well built up. Yeah. So I, I get what you mean by this feels very rushed. I mean, it should still be like a great spectacle, and I don't mind Skill defending the championship because he is going in last. I would have hated if he was just like part of a random draw, because that wouldn't be there wouldn't be any sort of like. Champions, champions, champions advantage, advantage, yeah. Um, 
So he is going in last, so he will face whoever is still in. So it feels like the it's almost like a number one contender match within the championship match. And when the champion comes out, that's when it turns into the championship match. So if you look at it that way, it's not as bad. But I, I do get what you mean by like blowing through challenges. And like people are going to get pinned left, right, and center in this match, which will like devalue them for a potential title challenge later. So yeah, it's not it's not protecting their top level guys. Yeah, um, I mean I'm sure it'll be a good match. Yeah, there's too much talent in here that it won't be. Um, should be way better than all the previous Thunder Bastards, which have been. Somewhat disasters because you you've kind of just thrown a load of lower card guys in there and one or two upper card guys and it's got very sloppy. There's a far higher level of talent in this one because it's for the championship, and as a result, like you're gonna see some of the best wrestlers of in Britain face off. Um, you're gonna end up with Gibson versus Osprey for a period, perhaps. You're gonna end up with. Um, Robinson versus Andrews, Haskins versus Skrull, Haskins versus Osprey, whatever. There, there's too much talent in here mm. for this not to be good, and it could end up fantastic. But it, just from a booking standpoint, I'm not the biggest fan of it. Yeah, I agree. It'll be a great spectacle. Um, I think it'll fit in well with the the show theme in general, which is just like a, a fourth anniversary special. So I get why they wanted everything on this show loaded up. Um, but at the same time, they could have saved the match for later. It, it, there's pros and cons to it, definitely. I think because of how high a level of talent is in this one, it should really get a lot more time than um, previous Thunder Bastards, because you don't want any cheap pins here. Because everyone in this is a featured guy, so as a result, every pin should mean something, every elimination. Um, so that should mean it goes fairly long. Uh, I could see this, you know, slotting in somewhere between the half hour and hour mm. mark, rather than kind of the, the 25 minutes-ish previous Thunder Bastards have got. Because you don't want, you don't want, like, four, first four minutes is, like, Gibson and Andrews, and then in comes Brown after four minutes and eliminates Gibson straight away. You don't want to be pinning Gibson four minutes into a match or whatever. No. Should it go 105 minutes, though? Um... <laughs> It would probably work better than the 105 minutes <laughs> that recently happened because, you know, more guys you have in there, the, the easier it is to work longer. I mean, but, there, are, uh, there are only six matches on this card. You could very easily see the Roy Johnson match going about 10 seconds or something. <laughs> Keep an eye out. If it, went, if it went around 60, I don't think I'd yeah. be opposed. 105, uh, even for an eight-man match, seems excessive to me. Um, but that's an entirely other topic. Um, as for who's winning, I think Skrulls, you know, money's easily on Skrulls mm. to retain. Could, any, could anyone else actually win, or is that, like, too um, much? Like, you could give Haskins a win, just to, like, be a way to continue that feud, like, flip the belt yeah. back and forth, because, you know, they do need more challenges, and... <laughs> If you, they do just have Skrull win this one, what is next for him? They've set the precedent that they need a, a title match on every show now. Who's next after you've beaten the top seven guys? Um, but I, it doesn't feel like that. Um, I think Haskins would be the guy 
if you are changing the, the belt, that's who, who you should change it to. Um, but that's who the logical person to change it to. He's the, the most recent title challenger. He's still kind of embroiled in the feud with Skull um, because of the post-match attack after Skull beat him. But, yeah, Skull, Skull's defending here, isn't he? Yeah, I've, Haskins is probably the favourite of the rest of them, but like a very minuscule percentage chance of winning. Um, Zach Gibson is a real, real outsider. I can't see anyone else winning. Though. Well, the thing with Gibson is, I can't see them doing Origin versus Skull at least yet. Uh, in in is uh, Skull's current villain persona. Um, I think you'd want to tease that a bit longer. If Gibson won, you'd kind of have to... I think you'd have to have someone else eliminate Skrull, and then Gibson... Say Haskins eliminates Skrull, and then Gibson eliminates Haskins in the final three. Then you spin Skrull off out of the title picture into a feud with Haskins, and then you have uh, the origin on top with uh, all the titles, which we kind of thought might be a thing that was happening back when they had the, the triple threat up in Manchester uh, in December. Um, didn't end up happening, and they they ended up going with Skrull. But um, that that could be a scenario that works, I guess. Um, so we've come up with with three possible scenarios, but <laughs> one we very all likely know one. What's really happening here. Uh, so yeah, that is um, Progress Chapter Twenty Seven. It's it is looking like a very good show. Um, we're especially looking forward to the TLC match. Um, but everything else should deliver. Um, I'm ho I'm hoping to go live. I think it could be one of their stronger shows um, in recent times, or ever for that matter. Yeah, um, it has good potential. But we've we've seen this before, where cards have like had really good potential and then not delivered as much as cards that we kind of hand waved a bit beforehand. So you never really know with progress, but this looks like could be very very strong. I think the main event especially is very variable. It could be amazing. It could be kind of air eh, if it gets a, if it all turns into a big mess. Yeah. Um, uh, Cruz Liguero versus Saber Junior Champa again. That is something that could be really good. I'm not necessarily expecting it, but it does have quite a high ceiling. Um, the TLC match can't see anyway. That's not great. Um, Gallagher Johnny Kid. I think that's going to be what it's going to be. Um, it's Damian Dunn Pasta again. Kind of going to be what it's going to be. Could surprise us, I guess. Um, and then we could get a nice surprise in the Wasteman Challenge, or it could be um, they bring in some guy from the Projo who isn't very good, uh, Roy Johnson isn't very good, and they have a bad match that goes too long. Uh, so there is a lot of variables. Um, you could see, in a worst-case scenario, this being quite a bad card, but I, I'm, I'm fairly confident it's yeah. going to end up delivering, because there, there's too much that would have to go wrong. Mm. They, they've definitely loaded up and... I think they want to deliver a really good show here, so uh, yeah, I'm confident. Yeah. I'm confident in believing Smallman. <laughs> there's there's a tremendous amount of talent on this card, uh, if nothing else. Um, so you there's gonna be stuff you're gonna want to see. Mm. I feel confident in saying that. Um, shall we move on? Uh, you watched the Mark Haskins versus Kenny Omega match, which took place almost two months ago now. Um. For four FW, um, what did you think of it, <laughs> Jen? Um, I wasn't completely blown away by it. 
but the work was very good. Um, the crowd was very disappointing. Uh, they were very quiet, especially in the first half. And Kenny was really, really trying to get anything out of them, but just it, it just wasn't happening for him. Um, once Haskins did make a big comeback, I thought from there it was really good stuff. Um, but it, the crowd not being incredible, uh, well, the crowd being bad, to be quite <laughs> honest. Uh, and the the opening, say, five or five, five, seven minutes-ish were kind of a little dry, I thought. Um, it's not something I'd say is worth going out of your way to see, personally. I think I had it uh, around three and a half, three and three quarters-ish. Uh, Star-wise, um, but but definitely very enjoyable. Mm. Um, I, I liked it a little bit more than you. Um, again, I, if if the crowd had been a lot better, um, then yeah, if they'd been a bit more lively, then it could have added a lot to the match. Um, Omega worked his socks off in this. Like he he was still doing the whole um, indie Kenny Omega thing where he's having a lot of fun and um, not taking it too seriously, but like he's still like, completely on it and going crazy. Um, he's doing, like, the chainsaw bit, which do which doesn't fly with his New Japan character, but, like, he can get away with it in this environment. Um, like, slapping Haskins' ass and doing the the clap, 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 trying to get people to clap, and then no one clapping. <laughs> uh, kind of characteristic of the whole match, really. Um, but, like, they really turned on um, towards the end. Like, crazy sequences. And, like, hopefully Haskins can get to America... Ring of Honor or Japan for New Japan, and they can replicate this match because it definitely deserves to be seen, like on a bigger stage. And if you do want to uh, check out that match, it's on uh, 4FW's Pivot Share service. Um, you can rent the show for like I think it was five ninety nine dollars. Um, so that works out about four, three and a half pounds ish. Um, so very cheap. Uh, I didn't feel ripped off in any way, even though that was the only match I ended up watching, and I wasn't completely in love with it, but it was, you know, such a low price, couldn't really <laughs> complain too much. I definitely recommend um, the women's match on that show as well. It's a tad sloppy, but um, both Shanna and Hikaru Shida are both very good, and they work very well together. So, uh, if you want to watch the rest of the show, that's definitely um, the best of the rest. Speaking of women's matches, um, Rev Pro have recently announced a partnership with Pro Wrestling Eve, which is a uh, another British promotion, which is uh, kind of like our version of Shimmer or Shine or whatever. It's a women's promotion, basically. Um, the idea is Rev Pro, they were kind of trying to dip their feet into uh, running a women's division, but Andy said he never really felt completely comfortable um, with the way he was establishing it, he he kind of didn't have enough people he wanted to book, or that he was he was booking. Um, so he was only booking about one match per show and didn't really have space for much more than that. But felt that he wasn't doing enough, and so he's partnered up with Pro Wrestling Eve. Um, Pro Wrestling Eve are going to be hosting their own um, uh, matches on Red Pro shows from here on out. Um, kind of showcase matches, um, and that also allows them to, to build towards the big championship matches, which you can't really have if you're only having one women's match per show. Uh, Pro, Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Eve have their own shows 
the continuity wise they're going to start overlapping um you might have say number one contenders matches or, or even championship matches happening on the the rev pro shows uh, and uh pro wrestling Eve's own shows are going to start popping up on uh the new rev pro on demand pivot share service so great news all around i think uh more content for uh rev pro's on demand service um more work for the for the women that were associated with RevPro who were finding it well they if you only have one match a show there's only so much you can do um this is more work for them um it's more eyes on pro wrestling eve and as a result more eyes on british women's wrestling i think it's a great move all around really mm, yeah both parties definitely benefit from it a lot um and RevPro seem very serious about like trying to build a women's division. Like um, in like the press release, they de definitely made out like this isn't just like a gimmick. They want to really like push women's wrestling as an important part of their product, um, and they feel comfortable about doing that. And now they have uh, a roster to do that with. And like you say, they can build stories alongside Eve um, to do that, so they can work in. That their title, they can put it on the York Hall shows, which is very exciting. Um, and Eve gain a tremendous amount of um, publicity from this. Like they get their shows on on the Repro on demand, makes that service a lot more um, interesting, and it means that uh, women's wrestling in the UK can like get a proper big platform to develop on. It's not just going to be um, tiny shows that no one goes to see. Like now, people can genuinely follow a promotion, um, which is exciting. Eve recently um, ran a show, twentieth of March, so two days before we we're recording, um, in London, and it was the first ever all women show that um, happened in London, um, which is appropriately titled "Let's Make History." The show was so, um, and. I think if I if I've read things correctly, that show is going to be making its way onto Repro demand, uh, Repro on demand, uh, as soon as it's all edited. Yep. So that'll be a a good way to to dive right into the um, even Repro relationship. Um, that was main evented by uh, Rhea O'Reilly versus Nikki Storm. And what I've heard is it was a tremendous two out three falls match. Um, uh, I'll definitely look forward to seeing that. Yeah, looking forward to covering it on here. And speaking of making history impressed by these segues. Um, a few weeks from now, April 9th, Pro Wrestling Chaos are also going to be making history um, when they have uh, a first ever worldwide uh, in the, the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship is going to be defended on the same show as the TNA Heavyweight Championship, um, which we, we thought was definitely something worth bringing up. Um, this is uh, on a show called um, Air, Air to the Throne, with two being the number two, uh, ran by Pro Wrestling Chaos in um, Bristol. Um, Mark Andrews is going to be taking on Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship. And Drew Galloway is going to be taking on Eddie Dennis for the TNA Heavyweight Championship. Well, Eddie Dennis is taking on Drew Galloway. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, that's... It, I, I think it's really cool that we're getting these first-time-ever occurrences take place in the UK. I think that's a real indication of how, how strong the UK scene is currently. That you know, Ring of Honor are quite happy to have their their title defended on even a, a second tier UK um, UK show. Um, 
doesn't feel out of place to have the Ring of Honor title defended there. Doesn't feel out of place to have the TNA Heavyweight Championship defended there. Yeah, um, great stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, if you're definitely around a Bristol, I'd say go see that. Jaleth has been popping up in the UK quite a bit. He was on um, that five-star tour. He was um, at high stakes. So maybe he's making this like a stomping ground. And it's good that like, the ROH Championship is getting defended a lot because of that. Well, I think, I think the way the Ring of Honor um, contracts work is they're exclusive, but just for North America. So if like, Jay Lethal wants to work elsewhere um, on a date that Ring of Honor's not running a show, he has to go abroad, yeah. whether it be to Japan um, with him working the Dome, the, the January 4 Dome show for New Japan, or over to England. Um, and I think you're going to see that more and more. Um, the guys who aren't regulars for New Japan but do have a Ring of Honor exclusive contract, the only place they kind of have, or the easiest place they have anyway, is the UK. Um, I think you're going to start seeing ACH becoming a regular in the UK. You're already starting to see that um, with him working fairly regularly for Red Pro now. Uh, I think he's making his, his second appearance uh, in April. Uh, to, to go up against Pete Dunne for the uh, Cruiserweight Championship. Um, Jay Lethal, as you've said, is becoming a semi-regular over here in the UK. Um, wouldn't be too surprised to see a few more guys um, start making their way over here to the UK semi-regularly. Uh, do we know if the show is getting uploaded anywhere? Uh, Pro Wrestling Chaos, I'm not I'm not too familiar with Chaos. No, um, you I may be able to hear me clicking on the site currently <laughs> uh, and go to the media section of their site. Gripping, gripping. Um, yes, they they are on yourfightsite.com, which is a site I I've heard. Is that the the you the you are fight? No. Oh no. <laughs> uh, yourfightsite.com. It, it's a site that I. I've heard bad things about as a VOD service. Doesn't have nearly as good a reputation as Vimeo does. Um, Vimeo on demand um, being um, where places like WXW and formerly Red Pro used uh, for their on demand shows. Um, that's that's a great site. Um, Yourfightsite.com doesn't have a great as great a reputation, but they do seem to upload shows there. So. They're, they're currently the most recent show they have on there is August 1st, so quite the backlog, really. Um, so we might not be seeing that show for, for quite some time, but uh, if we want to, uh, and it gets good reviews, we may eventually be checking it out. Right, so I think we've about covered all the topics we've, we have for today, which is an incredibly short episode by our standards, although... 40 minutes-ish for a podcast, um, in general terms, not that short, but as we've said, we do have something special planned for you later. We'll be back over the next couple of weeks, so yes, uh, we you'll get your fill. Yes, we will be back over the next couple of weeks um, to talk the 16 carats, so if you if you are having withdrawal symptoms from a lack of hearing our voices, you'll, uh, you'll get that there. Um, I think all that leaves is plugs for now. Um, 
Ollie, do you want to do you want to go first? Okay. Um. Uh. Well, we'll be reviewing sixteen karat gold very soon for Voices of Wrestling. So look forward to that. It's a whole team effort. I'm taking night one. On is night two, and Rob is night three. So we'll be sweeping the board over the next week or so. Um. And continue to catch my uh European newsletter segments in the FLW newsletter every week because it's good. <laughs> Um, you can find almost everything I do um, on VoicesOfWrestling.com. Uh, planned for the next week or so, I, I have. Uh, I'm in the process of writing uh, a primer for people who are yet to be familiar with Osprey um, ahead of his debut in New Japan. Um, so that's in the works and may come out before the next episode drops. Um, I'm also working on that uh, that Brit Rest project. Um, it is still coming, um, delayed slightly, but will be will be coming. And then finally, um, over on FreeProWrestling.com, I've been reviewing a few uh, free British wrestling matches. Um, recently reviewed Zack Sabre Jr. versus Chris Brooks. Um, <laughs> Burial of 2014, Chris Brooks. <laughs> yeah, well. It wasn't anything special, really. Um, you can follow me at, and this is the point where I check my own Twitter handle, B-R-double, uh, T-H-E-R-D-O-U-B-L-E. Um, and you can follow Ollie at another Ollie. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it feels weird to be wrapping up this quickly, but that is what we're doing. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. S- listen to us again. I've almost said see you again, but it's a audio medium. <laughs> Uh, so I guess we're going to hear you again? No, you're going to hear us again. <laughs> uh, you will hear us again in a few weeks, talk the 16 carat, um, potentially with another guest. Uh, question mark, so question secret. mark, question mark, suspense. Is it Bram? Is it, gonna be? <laughs> Is it Bram? If we get Bram onto the 16 carat, then I'm sorry, current guest, you are so getting kicked off, because why would you not want Bram on the Rick round table? Um, thanks for listening, and... See you in a week or so. Cheers. Not see you. Hear us. This is the worst ending ever. Oh dear. This is what happens when we go on to an hour and a half. <laughs> we, we have an allergic reaction to finishing early. Uh, bye. Bye. Ending now. Bye. Bye. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.